Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Next Level. I'm JVL. Before we get started, uh, hit the like button, hit subscribe, follow us, all the things. And while you're at it, come over to thebulwark.com and check out all the stuff we do over there. We put out great pieces for free every day with no ads or anything like that. And you can sign up to get newsletters from me and Charlie Sykes. And uh, and we have podcasts. We have all the things. Go to thebulwark.com and, and join us. I am joined by my best friends, Sarah Longwell and Timothy Miller of The Bulwark. Guys. Happy anniversary, best friend. Happy Thank anniversary. You. 20 years. I saw a photo Thank of you. you from your wedding day on Twitter earlier you today. Yeah. You have oh, that's not, fascinating. You've only aged like a week. I mean, you're, I, I guess the hairline is a little different and hair color is a little different, but that skin, I don't know if you're moisturizing, but your skin looks similar. You might have even dropped a few LBs. Just you're eating looking, more. You're looking great. 20 Thank years. You, what, what's your secret? 20 years. Uh, the secret is marriage. The secret is being married to the right person. Mm. That's that's it. You marry the right person, everything else is great. It's like they say about jobs, right? You know, do do a job you like and you never work a day in your life. It's like that, but with marriage. Anyway. That doesn't sound right. That sounds like anniversary JVL, but okay, we'll take it. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm sorry. Thank you for starting us with sunshine, but we got to go to a dark place mm. because uh, earlier this week, a former president of the United States, a man who was often misunderstood and vilified by people who were deranged and couldn't stop being fixated upon some of his infelicities and his occasional crude tweets. Oh, uh, the, the, that That gentleman uh, said that he wanted to be installed as president even if it meant overturning parts of the Constitution. And this caused. Wow. I mean, people were shocked. Poor Jimmy Carter. Are we really just putting him out there like that oh. at this age that he's making that kind of <laughs> suggestion? I just, I think that that's rude for whoever is Jimmy's handler. All across the country, Republicans were shocked at this. And uh, some of them, some of them uh, were even able to say in written statements, which were center justified instead of left justified <laughs> because they're animals, uh, that, uh, that, they they thought that if a person a person were to say that that it would be bad, and that this is Mike our, Brown's statement, right? Yes, Mike Brown's the Senator Mike he, Brown. He said he said my statement in the tweet. He said my statement on the former president's comments. The former which former president? <laughs> I know. <laughs> which one? Carter. I'm telling you, Jimmy has been Jimmy's been getting a little weird. You're talking about age. Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama. <laughs> Wait, so, can I tell uh, you? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. No, so, no. Well, I was just going to ask you guys if have we finally crossed the line? And now, finally, people, Charles Cook from National Review said, sick of it. Boy, are any of you guys sick of this? To which it's you replied, Sarah, maybe. <laughs> guys, I, this is. <laughs> that was the sickest really, burn I've ever seen. And something really which is frankly bad tweet. for your soul. Underrated. No. It was the greatest tweet in the history of but Twitter. But I'm saying, like, people people are not – like, it's such – okay. First of all, someone should have taken my phone. I didn't need to do this. And also, my big concern was that when I said maybe, that people would think that maybe I'm not sick of it yet. That actually mm. I'm expressing an equivocation on whether or not I personally am sick of it. Because, of course, how you want to respond is, yes, yeah, see, we were – when we said never in 2015, 2016, we meant never and you meant maybe <laughs> – but instead, instead, I just said, maybe, 
because Charles Cook himself was the author. He typified that that ability to say, you know, who can say about this guy yet? We just don't have enough evidence. He has not yet said, and to be fair to Charles Cook, he hadn't at that point done the coup. Mm. Uh, and he hadn't called for overturning the Constitution and he hadn't lied about the election, except what he had done at that point uh, was he had done, I mean, let's just go through some. I don't even know if I can remember them all now. It's been so long ago. But he had done Access Hollywood. So he had he had done some sexual assaulty, you know, locker room talk. He had stood on a stage with Vladimir Putin and sided against America's intelligence community. Mm. He had uh, had an invest. He'd been impeached once. Right. Already. Yeah. Uh, the Mueller report, which these guys all say, Russia, 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 it was all a hoax, found like 10 counts of obstruction. Mm. Okay. Uh, there was uh, all the executive orders Muslim that ban. he issued. There was the Muslim ban. Child what about separation. the time he said he, Child, he was yeah. going to order order American soldiers to commit war crimes and that, that he promised uh, that the soldiers would obey him because he'd make them? Oh, yeah. And he, he said he'd shoot immigrants the in the legs. He tear-gassed the protesters so he could walk across to the... What was that thing where he he went to a foreign leader and demanded the foreign leader interfere in American elections or otherwise he was going to withhold vital military aid? But what about the... the, Tired of it now, though. What, yeah, what about now. the North Korea leader that he said they exchanged words of love? love when he like murders yeah. his people. Mm. Um, in fairness but now, to Charles, though, in fairness now, to Charles, he's, he's tired now. And he's tired. He's and it, tired. It, it, hap- and it happens to be the case that like the person that he writes love letters to is the alternative, right? <laughs> so it's a very convenient time for him to be, to get tired. I mean, I don't. Many many other people have been tired for a long time, but um, he's gotten tired right now. Right when his governor. Has a chance to be his replacement. I, you know, I think it's good. Shouldn't we be welcoming his tiredness and saying, "Come on, Charlie, welcome aboard to the good ship Bulwark." No, you know, welcome I, I to your this. TDS. Here's yes, let, let it, it is. This. He is bad. Yes, he's All a bad right. orange man. Thank you. Let, I, we let me concur. say this. I I have said over and over and over, over and over and over. That I hope that Donald Trump does Dies. not win the Republican nomination. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that if he were I'd to like win the Republican nomination, it would be bad Stop. for America. Right. There is only one reason why I would want him to win the nomination. Mm, zero reasons for me. And that one reason would be to watch all of these people <laughs> go crawling back and then say, well, I, you know, I, I, it is a binary choice. That student loan. I would like them to have to choke on the binary choice again. I'd like to watch them all go back and say, well, we'd have guardrails. And I mean, Joe Biden has been horrible. Look at him. Look at that student loan thing that he tried to do. Really, there's no difference. Because every single one of them would do that. Would Mm. do that. And I hope it doesn't come to that. It'll be very bad for America. And and I will I will register as a Republican and vote for Ron DeSantis in the primary if I if if I can. we're not there yet, I'd just like to say. But that said, that's the one part of me that that does wish that Trump were to win the nomination because I want to see them all choke on it again. I'm not willing to bet the country on our, like, 
proving a point to them. So, so I won't Twitter do that. Spite. However, However. <laughs> you're not, you're not willing right. to play with our the oldest longest running democracy over over I'm a minor not. Twitter feud. I'm not. They're not so. minor Twitter feuds, though. This is these this is these are people like actually watching this right now, Tim. I. I did use restraint to not jump into the fight you were having with that other random anti-anti guy who is suddenly like, Trump is an existential threat. And he's doing that thing like you have to get on board with DeSantis. Anything you do to crowd When did he become an existential threat? Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Did that just happen this week? Yeah, the Constitution truth was it. Like John C. Riley. Did we just become best friends? (laughs) Thank you for not chiming in. And I have to, can I just confess something? We're here among friends at the Next Level podcast. I was having that fight. <laughs> this is, I'm just, I'm almost too embarrassed to say this, but I need to do it. It's like, it's like confess. I don't do confession anymore. So I need you guys for my confessional. Uh, I guess JBL is the most Catholic in good standing. So I'm going to need you to give me some Hail Marys or, uh, you know, our fathers here. I was having that Twitter fight while we were Christmas tree shopping. <laughs> what? No! Tim, you were like yeah. with your family? Yeah, we were Christmas tree shopping. and um, That's terrible. And, that uh, is and, terrible. And I was having that fight. <laughs> and Tyler goes, ask me to go pull the car out. And I go to get in the car and I sit in the front seat and I look down and he'd reply again. I was like, this fucking guy, this fucking guy. And I start replying to him and typing to him. I'm like, I was like, did you support Joe? I was like, ah, this is real now. Today is when you're demanding that this is a binary choice against Trump. And uh, also, and Tyler wait, calls wait. me. He's like, are you ever going to pull the car around? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> took a minute. Took a minute. I was distracted. Sorry. No. I'm stuck in traffic. Listen, I'm sorry, bud. These guys, these guys literally are saying things like, if you don't support any alternative to Trump. And we're like, I don't, was, who was it that spent $40 million trying to defeat him while you guys all screamed at us. Like, who was it? Was it us that, that, that actually lifted a finger to defeat him while you guys yelled at us and told us that uh. we were like rhino cucks, uh, grifters, and everything else? I can't take it. So listen, this is petty. That's what you said. It's petty, and it is Very not. Petty. It's like, to, to, to answer JBL's question, do we not? I, 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 I do not <laughs> want Trump to die. Uh, I don't want anyone to die ever. It's a disagreement uh, we have on the podcast. Except for Hitler, um, you know, who people that Trump hangs out with seem to like very much these days. <laughs> Even though the um, microphone that you're using right now. Right now <laughs> Hitler invented this. Invented it. Pretty and ungrateful yet, of you. And well. I feel like that is a bad, is, I, I'm not, uh, that's not enough for me. Sorry, Kanye. That doesn't, uh, that in the highways. Um, okay. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, yes, uh, we should we should all be on the same team nominally going forward of but it is hard because we were all on the same team once before. And then we all watched them. Not only did they go to the other side, not only did they full on carry water for him, they spent the whole time shitting on us. I don't swear yeah, on these podcasts, still do. but nothing. And oh, that's I don't right, want to spoil do. things for you. But they have to keep doing that going forward. No, that's forward. right. Yeah. That's right. No, I get it. Like that's the other the other part of this deal is oh, even if they fine. try to dump it's Trump, fine. they have it's to fine. keep crapping on you guys. It's fine. This is why I'm. I, I haven't been in yoga for a few weeks, which is why I was uh, tweeting mm. at the at the neither at the auntie aunties at a Christmas tree uh, place. Uh, so I'm going to do a yoga session tomorrow. It's going to be fine. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, he just wants to terminate the Constitution. You had that thing wrong. Terminate. Terminate some articles Terminate. of the Constitution. Uh, but you know, you're taking we're we're taking it a little seriously. 
um, or at, you know, a little too literally, I mean, um, you know, terminate the Constitution kind of like in general. Could mean anything. Yeah, it could mean, could anything, mean anything, right? Um, I don't, I, so I have, a, I have a question for you guys about this. And this is my, I'm doing a poll on Not My Party this week among for the teens to ask them what they want mm-hmm. me to do. Like, what are we supposed to do about this? Uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week with the Kanye dinner, but I mean, on the one hand, it should lead the nightly news, right? I mean, we don't in the post World War II era, you know, we haven't had any presidents suggest that we terminate the Constitution and make themselves dictator How candidates for president. It'd be a first. We haven't had any candidates president. I don't, we don't think we've had any senators or members of the House. I don't think. I don't think we've had any prom any elected official at any level outside of like Lyndon Larouche or something. I don't think Lyndon has, but someone you know maybe a gadfly. I don't think we've had any politician of either party suggest this. And this man was the former president, so it should probably like lead the nightly news, right? Uh, on the one hand, on the other hand, it's like I really don't want to talk about him anymore. And right. so well, I just you're like, tired well, of it, right? Yeah, I'm you're sick tired. Of it. I, me and Charlie agree on this. I am tired of it, and I want I've wanted it to end for a long time, and tried to make it end. And so, like, what? I, how are you supposed to handle something of this? Because he's going to keep doing this, right? He's going to keep doing this. Well, I don't I, know if you, you saw think in a sane world. I don't know if you saw. He walked it back. No, okay. no, no, sorry. He didn't walk it back. He denied he said it. Oh, he denied that he truthed it. But that's perfect Trumpism, and he's helpful to yeah. his people, right? Because this, this, again, this is what he always does, right? He's on all sides of everything. And so, you know, he can say, look, I, I condemned the Proud Boys, right? And then the Proud Boys people know that he didn't really condemn them, yeah. right? And this is the, and so he's like, you know, he said what he needs to about the turning of the Constitution, but then he also has given deniability to the people who then want to be able to point to and say, look, see, he never said that. He was, it was a fake news media thing. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's, this was like the first savvy thing he's done in two weeks. Yeah. It'd be nice to have him have been convicted and not have to deal with this. Right. Cause it's like, this is a legit question, right? It's like, should we even have to. Tim, if the Democrats hadn't pursued such a partisan process, then maybe the Republicans could have done that, but they just, the Democrats, yeah, the way point. they conducted themselves during great impeachment. Point. If they did it the right moment, the right day, like if, they, if they'd done the impeachment just in the exact second when it was politically viable, uh, maybe they would have, done, Even though they they would have convicted wanna, him. They didn't want to take a couple of days after being attacked and having to be like in lockdown. And Mitch McConnell was, took a vacation, actually, during that week. The Senate was out of session. Well, you but, know, I mean, John Bolton has had some very stern words for the way the Democrats conducted that <laughs> impeachment process, Timothy. Why can't we just be in a world where everyone is like, Nazi dinner's bad, terminating the Constitution, bad, let's all move on, right? Like, that would be nice, but we can't do that. They're preventing us from being able to do that because that's not strategic. They don't, that's not the right thing. You know, we've got to just, we got to just ignore, you know, what, like what? That's, that's, that's not the problem, Tim. That's not the problem. The, the problem is that, some significant percentage of the country, and we, the three of us can argue about how big it is, but let's, let's call it 30% of the Republican Party, right? Which is 30% of the Republican Party is a significant percentage of the, the country itself, right? It's like, uh, right. A, a significant percentage of the country wants this. And that's the this problem. This is the story I was right? trying the to problem tell you earlier. Isn't the, the story I want to tell you yeah. earlier was that I was on C-SPAN this weekend. Missed that. It's on Washington Journal oh. on Saturday. And... Uh, While your family was shopping for their Christmas trees? No, they were, but they were doing something else. I don't know. It's a nice <laughs> Saturday morning. And I, the way I chose to spend my Saturday morning, 9 a.m., I was sit down on Washington Journal, and 
Uh, I was talking about the focus group pod. You know, I was talking about why the focus groups and the voters and the moving on and whatever. But at some point, we moved to the callers. And uh, and I had mentioned that um, it had been ill-advised for the president to have dinner with a noted anti-Semite and a self-pronounced white nationalist. At some point, mm. I started – I did get a little ramped up. One of the callers felt like uh, I had said that – you know, I, I suggested voters thought this was not good, not something. And he, and he called up and he said – you know, I think not good is not not uh, not a big enough whatever. And I was like, well, you know, I was characterizing broadest swath the voters, but yes, uh, actually, this is this is part of the problem is is that you do have to sort of condemn this full throatedly, and Republicans aren't doing this. And I got rolling. I got rolling on the idea that like in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two, it is actually insane. It is insane to think that the former most recent past president. The most recent past president just had dinner with this anti-Semite who then afterwards tweeted out a Star of David with a swastika in the middle. And that the other guy is like, I'm not calling him a white nationalist to be like extreme or to to amplify it. Like, that's how he talks about himself. He holds white nationalist conference. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about this anyway. So I get rolling and I do this whole thing about how this is unacceptable and we next should not caller. accept this. And uh, as I as I... As I wind down, next caller. Next caller says, well, I know after that rant that this lady is a communist. And, uh, mm. and then he yelled at me. And multiple people did this. When he got done yelling at me, the host was like, uh, any response? And I was like, I kind of. Sir, sir, excuse me, sir, before you hang up. Go drive into a tree. Nope. Uh, Did you say that? No, I didn't. No. Uh, I, I, I began that's, to. That's a good response. I began to you respond with a. Okay, I sort of was like, okay, like I've been a Republican my whole career, like whatever comments. But then I was like, you know what? Actually, stop. Sorry. I'm not going to dignify this name calling with a response. I didn't say anything, but, the, but, but the point is, the point is many callers called up to tell me how great Donald Trump was and how he's the only president mm. who ever has kept his word, who has done anything. And uh, I was surprised how many people were continuing. And actually, at one point, the host interrupted one of them and said, yes, but sir, what do you make of the fact that he had this dinner with people? And the guy said, well, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I have a question for you. Is this just enough to make you just say, you know what? I am a communist. You're right. <laughs> and communism. Where is the hammer and sickle? You know, I mean, these guys, they've been calling us. You know, that's what the other guys say, right? They've been calling us racists and Nazis. They've been... Yeah, they've been calling us racists and Nazis all these years. I got so yeah, you're right. Fine, I am. I am a communist. Okay, Heil Lenin. Always love Lenin. <laughs> Vi Lenin. I've been a big, big fan. Not, not I am the Walrus Lenin. Vi Lenin. Huge fan. No, did you consider that? Uh, you got. I me. didn't consider communist. that. I didn't consider that, but I just, I just, I use it as a, look, I, I think we don't have to argue over how big it is because I don't think we know yet. I think obviously Trump is in a much weakened position, but I was uh, a little surprised uh, how many calls I was getting with people who were still very attached to Trump, very much interested in, and it was certainly not disqualifying uh, that he had um, done these things. No, and there are a whole bunch of people who are... Just the the real team players, right? The always Republican types who are just going to suit up for for anybody, no matter what. And when Trump is ever in a position where the the evil fake news media and woke socialist Democrats are on one side of an issue and Trump is on the other side, they're just going to side with Trump reflexively. Whether it's the Kanye stuff, or whether it will be the debt ceiling fight, or whether it will be an indictment from the Department of Justice. 
right? And because there are a bunch of those people, Republicans aren't going to be able to attack Trump on this, right? I mean, think about this. Donald Trump may be indicted while running for president, and his rivals will not be able to use that fact against him. His rivals, in fact, will have to testify to how innocent he is and how corrupt the Justice Department is. Just think about the Constitution, just as a prime example of this right now, this whole thing. Like, the number one issue for Republicans right now on Fox News and Republican commentators is the threat of the big tech media to our sacred Constitution, right? Like, our First Amendment rights Mm. are being abridged. It's every hour on Fox is about this right now, the big, big tech. Kevin McCarthy is planning on on doing a reading of the Constitution when when the House convenes mm. in January. And yet, you know, minus a few, you know, very tepid statements, like there is no ability or forget appetite ability to attack Trump on this, right? Or for fear of you losing all of your credibility with the base. So like this is the, like Trump went right at the prime issue right now ostensibly, like the performatively prime issue of the of the Republican Party, which is the protecting the constitutional rights that are supposedly under threat from the big tech wokesters. And, and like nothing. They can't even fight him on that point. They got to they had to kind of be with him and be like, yeah, you know, well, again, I mean, the, a couple articles. And this is because terminate. There's some large percentage of voters who are with him, and they can't they can't get crosswise with those yeah, people. Yeah, please. All right, have we chewed this through enough? Can we move on? Because I want to talk about the 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 big tech woke mind virus Twitter Twitter thing. But I, I first I want to talk about Bowl and Branch, our sponsor. Uh, I started my Christmas shopping this weekend. I don't know about you guys. It's a little late for me. Normally, I like to be done by Thanksgiving. But this year, I uh, I was out, and so I was doing a bunch of shopping this weekend, and there were a couple people, will remain nameless, who were a little hard to shop for. And uh, and what I did was I waddled my little fingers over to bowlandbranch.com. I didn't I didn't even have to leave my house. I could just do it on on the interwebs, uh, and I got the best sheets I've ever I've ever slept on. Full of long staple cotton, supple. which they're they're substantial yet supple, very supple, supple, and uh, and they're just perfect. They're like they're well engineered sheets that are incredibly comfortable, and it's the kind of luxury that somebody who has never had great sheets before will taste and then think to themselves, "Where have you been all my life?" Hmm. So uh, I, I heartily recommend it. Uh, today, you can bring home a better night's sleep for the holiday season with Bull and Branch Bedding. For a limited time, get 20% off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use promo code NEXTLEVEL at bullandbranch.com. That's bullandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code NEXTLEVEL. 20% off is a pretty good deal. For Sarah's uh, for Sarah's purposes, could we, before next week, do a little recon on like when the last day you could order your Bowl and Branch gift is and have it still make it there? Yeah, this is, the- this is true. The fact that you've started Christmas shopping is like, I don't even understand. Like, I don't understand people who don't just... What? All, well, you got to panic shop on the 22nd or 23rd <laughs> and then be really yeah. mad and start complaining about supply chain issues and all of that when you can't yeah. get anything delivered by the 24th when you need it. Who's doing most of the Santa shopping in your family? Well, Santa. I don't understand the question. Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> Who's writing the letter between you and Karen? Who's writing the note to Santa at the North Pole and uh, kind of putting, Santa in, does. putting in the requests? 
it is it is not me. Uh, it is mm. not me. I although I have some specific things that I'm attached to to getting. There are like a mm. couple things like um, my kid really wants a uh, a leaf blower. Ooh, I have some experience with those. I, I actually think my kid might be like a 90-year-old man. Because the other thing he wants is a metal detector. <laughs> so we can go out. And they make them for kids. Ooh. So you could like go out and, you know. Oh, they're cool. especially fun on the beach when you're a kid. Yeah. I'm not sure that leaf blowers are good for the environment. So that's something you might well, want to look well, at. Well, to make them light enough for blower. a small child, I think there's like a, there's ones that have like a little battery pack or Oh, battery power. He can borrow mine. I have a steel BR seven hundred, which uh, which shoots out close to a thousand cubic feet of air per minute at like two hundred and fourteen. Oh, we've miles gone an to hour. the bad place now. He's talking dad stuff. All right. So Twitter files. Elon Musk with his friend, my neighbor, actually Matt Taibbi. So I live in a a normal person, New Jersey town. Matt Taibbi, the great socialist uh, champion, lives in the most expensive and fanciest town in our county in New Jersey, which is, I guess, not a sign that he's a grifter or anything. Well, you should go Halloween next Halloween. You should go to his house. Yeah, I should do that. That's some good stuff over there. Such an interesting guy. The rich neighborhood, um, though, they give out the best candies. You know, the full. so the fearless journalist Matt Taibbi uh, is doing PR work for Elon Musk and uh, spreading. I, Tim, yeah, can you just for the five people left in America who haven't heard this, can you just give them the the thirty second overview of this, please? Um, <clears throat> sure, I'd love to do that for you. Um, people might remember in uh, October of twenty twenty. Uh, there was Rudy Giuliani, Steve Bannon, and a blind computer repairman were shopping around a few documents that they purported to be uh, from Hunter Biden's laptop. Outlets from the Wall Street Journal to Fox News and other woke liberals rejected it because it seemed very suspicious that drunk Rudy and this blind man were, were uh, passing around this material. Uh, the New York Post, on the other hand, decided that it thought they thought it looked like it was in ship shape. So they wrote a story about these documents. The lead reporter on the story wouldn't put their byline on it because they weren't 100% sure oh, that it was because true. Because it was so good? Yeah, uh, no, because it was un, they, they weren't oh. certain that it was true. Um, oh, I see. So Twitter... Is that... I'm sorry, Tim, you know more about media than I do. Is it normal that a paper has the lead reporter on a story saying, hey, guys, I don't know this is true, and the paper then says, no, we have to publish it? Yeah. Or does it go that's in the non, reverse that's, most that's of the time? Abnormal. That's abnormal. Yeah, it's usually the other way around. Yeah, because that's that's my my understanding is normally it's the reporter saying, I've got this stuff, you've got to publish it, and it's the paper saying, well, have you asked everybody twice? Have we confirmed? Have you dotted all your I's and yeah. crossed your T's? So then they put a different okay. person's name on there. That's another kind of un- gotcha. unusual thing so twitter looked at this information and i think even at the time wrongly but defensively decided that they're like we think this might be hacked this might be another russia hack job we already got fucked over by the russians in 2016 we're gonna de-link this link that was a decision they made Mm. and so nobody in america could see it well facebook and google uh both uh allowed people to see it and the new york post is one of the top five biggest newspapers in the country so i do think that people oh, but you couldn't get to the news you couldn't get to the new york post website right that you could you just Twitter. go to new york post new nypost.com really? yeah yeah nypost.com oh. so there's plenty of access to it um and uh and so well, that wow that's weird man about about 36 hours later uh twitter changed their mind uh, and said, hmm. yeah, you know, we got over our skis on this. Um, there were some internal emails where some of the people come off as kind of lib um, in wanting to uh, keep it delinked. 
other people come off as quite prudent, trying to determine what the right thing to do is. 36 hours later, they uh, they allowed the link back on the site and turned out that actually, against all odds, the blind repairman did have Hunter's scratch out laptop, it seems like, which, I, you know, I, I don't think even Steve Bannon and Rudy were sure it was really true when they were pushing it, but it did turn out to be true. And so now, in the benefit of hindsight, you know, that, that decision looks even worse. The former CEO, Jack, has testified in front of Congress saying, I thought this was a fuck up. We turned it around 48 hours. We've put in some new protocols. And um, I, I don't know. In some ways, it's kind of a no farm, no foul situation. I, I think in a lot their ban, I think, brought a lot more attention to the story, really, because there was like the Streisand effect. Isn't it true, though, Tim? Isn't it true, though, that there's been some very sophisticated modeling, which shows that that first 36 hours on Twitter was the <laughs> crucial period for 7 million voters? I don't think, I don't think that that... And that if, if, if <laughs> 7 million people had gotten that in that first 36 hours from Twitter only, then they would have voted differently. I don't think that model is That I don't think so. And I do think that, if anything, it brought more attention to the story. That said, was a fuck-up. Was fuck-up by the Twitter. Okay, so now we fast-forward two years. Hmm. And Matt Taibbi and Elon Musk have decided that they want to release all the files about this to demonstrate that the big tech media is out to get God-fearing Americans and contrarian crypto bros and other uh, tech bloggers. And so uh, Matt Taibbi did a very extensive thread that basically revealed two things. One, everything we already knew about what I just said, but all the internal emails explaining the internal corporate goat rope of people being like, should we de-link it? Should we put the link back up? What the fuck should we do? Where's the trusted safety guy? Oh my God, we're a big corporation. We're screwing up and everybody's criticizing us. What do we do? Okay, so they released all those emails. And then he released another series of troubling emails. And these were from the Biden campaign. He notes that the Trump campaign also sent very similar ones, but he didn't share them, to Twitter suggesting that certain tweets be taken down. Now, this, this could be problematic, right? You might think, well... Well, pol- pol- yeah, politicians shouldn't be telling First companies Amendment. what to take down. The Biden campaign. I mean, Joe Biden was president then, right? And he had the president. No, he, was a, he was a private citizen. Oh. So you should, you should not be able to do that. Oh. Okay. So, so he was running for president. He was. But Trump also sent some things. So Matt Taibbi put up a screenshot of some of the tweets that Biden's team suggested be taken down. Some sleuths, internet sleuths, went to the Wayback Machine, looked at those tweets, and they were all basically pictures of Hunter's cock. Oh, I mean, there were some other things in there. Some of them were Hunter's cock and family pictures. Some of them were Hunter's cock and other women's vaginas. Those women probably didn't appreciate being uh, on the internet against their will. Uh, some of them were Hunter getting his feet rubbed while he smoked crack and while you could see the outline of his cock. It was mostly his cock. And uh, people then and Twitter decided to take those down because I don't, you know, it's not. Hunter could po- send a tweet out of his pe- genitals if he wanted to. That's allowed on can Twitter. You? Yeah, is that, that's allowed on is? Twitter. You can send out a, a cock shot. Yeah, I, we're gonna get you on alt Twitter. Tell you, we'll, we'll, no. t- we'll talk about that another day. Um, <laughs> shockingly, <laughs> shockingly, uh, dick pics are not not something that I would. I thought that Twitter was like no. Instagram that you couldn't. No, that's not true. No, it, Twitter yeah, has to take down points. You can you can put up your own. Uh, if you want to do just a Twitter search for yourself, I bet you could find one pretty quick. But if you want to do that yourself, Twitter's decided that's okay. 
What you can't do is, you know, you can't take somebody else's penis and put it on your Twitter page against their will. That that breaks the terms of service. Because that's censorship. That breaks the terms of service. So Twitter took down those. But but what about isn't that free speech? Uh, it is not actually. Isn't isn't your your publishing of of somebody else's photos free speech? I don't believe so. No. no? Um, oh. And so Twitter took those down. Oh. And now there's this big hubbub. Some of them were by famous people or formerly famous people like the former actor James Woods. And these people are now, James has been on uh, Fox a bunch. Uh, and, and these people are upset that those, that those links were taken down at the request of the Biden campaign. And so in short, the story is that Elon Musk has revealed that everything that Jack already apologized for about taking down the New York Post story is true. And that in addition to that, Twitter has took down pictures of Hunter's penis at the request of the Biden campaign. That is the number one story on Fox News for the past about 96 hours now. How's how's that summary for you, Sarah? I know that you're more of an outsider to this. I don't know why. Like, mainly, I don't care about the president's kids, even the other kids, Trump's kids. You don't read a lot of Eric content, Eric Trump content, Eric and Lara. and, you know, it's like it's like I scan it, right? Like, I, I do know because it's like in my feed that apparently um, Eric Trump is defending and saying that the family does not think Kimberly Guilfoyle is wheeled. But like, OK, I just like picked that up in a scroll the same way I have picked up in a scroll that like something was going on with Hunter. I did know that there was genitalia involved, but I didn't can, I didn't know why I didn't know. Why. And I never I didn't try to understand because I just can't get myself to care about this stuff that much. But I'm really glad you explained it. Well, that puts you very out of step with the Republican base right. because this has been a this has been an extremely important First Amendment constitutional issue for people that cared very deeply about the protection of the Constitution and all its articles. Is the way that you presented it not that I'm doubting your objective truth about this, but like, is it all the the genitalia, or were there other things that people are mad about? Taibi only has we only know what he has given us, right? So I'm sure sure that Twitter deleted other things, right? I think that conservatives are upset that like, you know, fart muncher 42, like got banned because he tweeted, you know, something about Hunter Biden smoking crack maybe, or, you know, who the hell, or sent a racial slur out in a, in a tweet that was otherwise substantive about the nature of Hunter Biden's work with Burisma. I, you know, I'm sure that there are other, and Twitter tweets a gazillion, deletes a gazillion tweets a day because fucking the world is, is fallen and there are a lot of sinners and a lot of people break the terms of service. So I'm sure there were other things, but the examples that they provided that Matt Taibbi provided of the tweets that were deleted at the Biden campaign's request, all of them that we can find in the Wayback machine, there are one or two that have, that have disappeared from the internet, but all of the ones that we can find in the Wayback machine, at least include Hunter Biden's genitalia. They also, some of them include other things. And again, me and Glenn Greenwald just got in a fight about this on Twitter. Well, during the workday, not while I was Christmas tree shopping. And again, he is like trying to be like, you're trying to minimize this by making it all about the dick tweets. But like the big story is the New York Post delinking. And I keep going to Glenn like, I agree with you about the New York Post delinking. But but you know who else agrees with you? The former CEO of Twitter, Jack, who changed the policy, apologized for it, testified in front of Congress, apologized for it. And you know who else agrees with you? The new CEO of Twitter who's taken over and, and is obsessed with this issue and is changing. Like what, what more do you want? Do, do we need to have a public filleting of 
Jack Dorsey? Like, sh- should we bring him in, fr- in the town square and, and whip him a few times? Uh, you know, should the government take over Twitter? Like, what do you want? You know, Glenn is just trying to have a good faith, honest debate about the media and technology. I mean, that's that's all yeah. Glenn So wants. So, yeah. So there were some people at, at Twitter that got a little hot on, on the banning of that New York Post story. But, okay. Humans fuck up sometimes. Like, they fixed it. I, I just... It's been two years. It's been 25 months. So I, I do think that, I guess, if you had someone on like Eli Lake or Glenn here who could could probably give you some more in-depth commentary about the other, like, oh, Tim, did you re- if you read this email from the lawyer to the trust and safety team, you would see that they weren't even following their own policies. And boy, do we really care about following policies in the letter of the law as evidenced by our support for Donald Trump. So, I, you know, yeah, sure. I, you could paint a, I think, a more damning picture than the one I just painted of Twitter. But like, it's all about that New York Post issue, which I already have apologized for. The new information that they tried to make a big deal out of was that that was this Biden communicating to Twitter about certain things they wanted deleted and Twitter deleting them. And they were like, well, this proves that they're taking instruction from the Democrats, but it's like, okay, well maybe, but let's see it. Let's see an example of that. That doesn't include Hunter's penis, because I can tell you if, if George P Bush's balls were all over Twitter, when I was working for Jeb, I very easily could have contacted Twitter and been like, please take down the pictures of George P Bush's balls being tweeted by white genocide 62. And they would have done that. And it wouldn't have had anything to do with liberal bias. Like that's just Twitter responding to that, to their, to their terms of service. So, Sarah, do you think any of this catches on anywhere outside of the very online right? Like, can Fox successfully mainline this into, like, the actual normal, you know, Fox watching Bubba? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not, not the particulars, because if you knew the particulars, it sounds like you might not think it was such a big deal. Um, but the ball of grievance... Right, which is big tech censoring the right. The balls of grievance. Yeah, the big ball of grievance. Uh, as well as uh, the fact that Hunter Biden. Uh, yeah, I don't I, I, like the Hunter Biden. Twenty twenty right? was the, stolen. The fact that Hunter right. Biden himself. And but here's the thing: like when I talk about Trump's kids worked in the White House, like Jared was his like shadow chief of staff running. He got billions of dollars from the Saudis, and like. And I think it's insane that he had his kids working in the White House. Just insane. Um, but, like, other than that, I don't care about them. But they were actually installed in the White House. So, like, Hunter Biden doesn't work in the White House. And unless somebody has – which I, I I cannot follow the ins and outs of the Hunter Biden's – but unless somebody has some evidence that whatever Hunter Biden was doing is somehow linked to Joe Biden participating in corruption – it's just noise. But to your answer to your question, of course they will. It's it's what they've got. You got to understand how both sides – this is happening in Georgia, right? Unfortunately, we are taping this on Tuesday, and so we do not have the results of the Georgia runoff. But one thing that is amazing is the, the human being's ability to look at Herschel Walker and say, uh, okay, he states an unequivocal pro-life position. In fact, no, no exceptions for, you know, rape and incest. Yet – has has apparently been accused allegedly of paying for many abortions. He has not allegedly, definitely has children that he did not recognize, uh, that he fathered out of wedlock. He has his own son who spoke out in terror of him from violence and had to move. His ex-wife has testified to her putting a gun to her head. Did you see? Did you see today that he, uh, in an interview with a local paper, 
thinks that he's running for the house. I did see that. The house. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I mean, but, I mean, that, like, the, and then there's just like the general not being qualified for the job. Anyway. But also, also, Raphael Warnock, when he got divorced, there was an incident in which his ex-wife accused him of running over her foot with the car pulling out of the driveway. The police and the paramedics came. They did not find evidence of this, but she accused him of this. And so you see both sides, the same, the same. And that is how people, people say. This is what you're hearing in focus groups. You're saying that people are a little locked in on what the one. It is. Yeah. That's right. And this is how, this is how both sizing works, right? So like Trump is the most corrupt leader in history. The amount of corruption, like just the sheer volume of it is so insurmountable, so difficult to even get your head around. I could rattle off a few right now. Things like having the Secret Service and everybody and all these foreign dignitaries stay at his hotels, for example. The dealings with foreign leaders, Jared installing his kids in the house, like just staggering amounts of corruption. And but that's why Hunter Biden's so important, right? Because you got to both sides. You got to these guys are equally corrupt, and that's how you do it. And it it works in a lot of ways. What Republicans, I think, maybe don't fully appreciate is that elevating the Hunter Biden stuff doesn't help Ron DeSantis. It helps Trump, right? Because Trump is the victim of Hunter Biden. Trump is the one who was done dirty by this. And Republicans have talked themselves into believing that what their voters want is a forward-looking vision of the future. I do not know what Republican Party they are watching. The Republican Party voters wanted the Whitewater investigation. They wanted the Arkansas files during the Clinton years. They were obsessed with Barack Obama's birth certificate for all of his presidency. Uh, I think... Did you you see the... uh, Oh, God, I'm having a senior moment. What's the guy's name at New York uh, Magazine? Does the interviews? Isaac. Isaac Chotner. Isaac Chotner. Did you see his interview with like that with the head of the some Republican Jewish organization in New York who is no. trying to explain his defense of Trump. And then all of a sudden, the guy just starts volunteering, going down the... I still do have some questions about why Linda Lingle was, was, was blocking <laughs> the birth certificate. And Isaac's just like, dude, just stop. You're going to make yourself look bad. And he's like, I, you will not tell me what to talk about. And the guy goes on. So even today, even even many years later, still they're not, not 100% sure about the long form. And Anything that is backwards looking helps Trump. You know, that's a good point. But I will say this is the, the part, a big part of the Hunter Biden thing, as best I can tell, is that they think that when, right, because the idea of the election being stolen has become a very broad interpretation of what it means to be stolen. And one of right. the ways it potentially was stolen in their minds is that if that Hunter Biden information had not been suppressed uh, by Twitter specifically. Yeah. That that would have meant that Joe Biden would have lost. That was the key 36-hour window when millions and millions of Americans were looking to make their decision. Well, I do think that was that was their supposed to be their like October surprise, right? And as a result, and and so this is if I had to make a charitable defense of them, my argument would go something like by Twitter casting doubt on its authenticity, it never got taken seriously by the mainstream media or anybody else. And so nobody really looked at it and it wasn't given any credence prior to the election and that, and now it's all turned out to be true. And so our grievances that it would have changed the outcome of the election. It's a tough counterfactual. To- Is it a tough counter? I mean, again, it, it was covered at many, many places. I had the New York post questioned their own reporting, New York Post's own reporter question. It was an, a very unusual story. I, you know, the news isn't clean. People don't just 
realize like immediately, you know, in complex stories, what, like what all the truth is. Like it takes time. I, I, Fox didn't confirm the New York post story for two days. Twitter had relinked the New York post story before Fox confirmed that one of the emails was accurate. So like, I sure, I guess like that's a fair complaint. I'm sorry. The Twitter was unfair to you for 36 hours, but like, yeah, what I, what I meant is like, we can't, we can't know. I think we can know. We just, I know, I know, I know. Right, well, this is what I'm saying. It gives it gives another out to the, right, this, isn't this where Blake Masters has gone, right? Blake Masters yeah. has moved on to the, well, look, everybody knows right. the election wasn't That's fair right. because That's big right. tech had it in for for President Trump. And now they, get to, see, see, look at the Twitter, see, that proves the election this wasn't fair. This is the fair. thing that pisses me off, though, for us, from my time and talking to, like, these voters in Arizona. It's like, it's a fucking like they're playing a game like like Blake Masters is a smart person playing a word game, you know, trying to like be very careful about what he means by the election being stolen. But the people listening to him aren't hearing that like they, they aren't hearing that. Oh, that, you know, t- Twitter was a little unfair to Donald Trump. Right. Like that's not how they're processing it. They're processing it as they stole this from us. We won. We were heading to this great MAGA future. And and these shadowy elites, Rob. That's how that's how the people. If you ask them, like what they, you know, like they're not they don't they're not catching his his little fancy wordplay. I don't want to shock you here, but I get the sense that Blake doesn't really care too much about the uh, what happens to the people who listen to him. He just wants the votes so that he can get stuff. Like this mm. is you know, I would say he's not overly concerned with whether or not people parse him the the way in which connects them or disconnects them to reality. The good news is I, uh, my friend Teddy Schleifer over at the, at Puck reported that, that Peter Thiel has a sad about Blake's well, loss and he's just not sure he's going to contribute any more money. And he's kind of, he's in a dark, dark place about the political. He's going to have to drink so the blood too, of 10 new bad. boys. Uh, all right. The, uh, the primary calendar is finally, finally maybe being fixed by Democrats. Uh, Biden wants to center it around Michigan, Nevada, and South Carolina, which, A, seems to make sense. New Hampshire is still in there. Is New Hampshire in there, sort of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Hampshire's still in there. Uh, anyway, the Iowa caucuses, have people forgotten what an absolute clusterfuck they were last time around? Uh, where nobody nope. actually knew who won the Iowa caucuses. And I, I think, think to Pete this day, robbed. nobody knows. Pete was robbed. Pete won. Pete, he did, did he win, won. but he won narrowly, and nobody yes. knew it for so long that like it was too deflating. He didn't get the bounce. He didn't get the mo that he could have gotten out of there. So unfair. You know, it was big tech. Big tech conspired to keep Pete down. <laughs> did you hear me say mo, too? Yeah. No. <laughs> the big mo. Yeah. I don't, I'm not following. That's a Bush thing. Oh, oh God. I can't. No, I can't explain this joke to you. No. no. I, I, okay. Well, anyway. It's a, it's, it was a gay joke. It was a gay joke. I was just. Oh, like homosexual. Yeah. Because oh. Pete. He didn't get the Pete's big mouth. Can you say that? <laughs> Can you say that? Got it. Uh. <laughs> Anyway, what do you guys think of this? I uh, I am in favor of it because uh, Iowa's caucus system is ridiculous and Iowa's a weird state. And uh, I don't know. Like, I've spent a lot of my life, as you have, Tim, driving around Iowa and New Hampshire during election time. There are many things which I liked about those states and those primaries uh, and, and caucus, which were interesting. Uh, 
But also, on the other hand, like, I don't think it's served the Democratic Party very well in recent years. Yeah, I mean, good riddance to Iowa, as far as I'm concerned. I do. I have a soft spot for New Hampshire. I, I think that I, and, I, and I just I do. Because you're a Republican who oh. likes squishes. And Republican squishes do well in New Hampshire. That's part of the reason why. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but it also, you know, independent voters, good to vote there. And there really is a level of engagement among people in New Hampshire, not throughout all parts of the state, but in certain parts of the state that that is not paralleled in other states. And even in, in Iowa, there's like kind of more than in other states. Uh, like Nevada, I don't love Nevada's just being involved in this at all. Nevada's, sorry, John Ralston, Nevada's had a few tries Nobody, they also don't seem to know how to count votes in Nevada. Uh, nobody cares at all. It's a very transient state. It's a transient population, right? Yeah, that's, it's a transient population. It's not a community-oriented. So I don't I don't love Nevada. Yeah. I think moving South Carolina first makes a ton of sense. I mean, South Carolina has been the state that has mattered for Democrats. Um, black voters, it is it is the Democratic coalition, right? It's black voters and, like, suburban Charleston, right? Like, that's who is who's right. represented there. So it's representative coalition. Selfishly, I think that it, it will have a moderating influence to move away from caucuses and towards a, a primary first, uh, which is good. So I think it makes sense. Um, I think Michigan makes sense as a substitute and Georgia as well. So I, I, I like it on balance. I like the moderating influence. I like the diversification. I don't, I don't want little New Hampshire to get screwed because I do think there's something special about New Hampshire um, as, as far as like the level of citi- the engagement of the citizenry. But as it currently stands, I think the plan is to do South Carolina on a Saturday New Hampshire on a Tuesday, and then whatever. I, I think Nevada and Michigan are the next Tuesday. I mean, New Hampshire has not been at all predictive of Democratic nominees um, over like the last 20 years. That is true. That's a true statement. I mean, it, it wildly out of step yeah, with where the Democratic true, Party itself is, which is kind of a problem. Yeah, fair. Sarah, do you have thoughts on this? You look bored. No, there is breaking news that uh, – uh, a Manhattan jury has found two Trump organization, so the Trump organization, their companies guilty on multiple charges of criminal tax fraud and falsifying business mm. records connected to a 15-year scheme to defraud tax authorities by failing to report and pay taxes on compensation for top executives. Uh, the Trump Corp and the Trump Payroll Corp were found guilty on all charges they faced. Donald Trump and his family have not been charged in this case. So. Oh, so they're total exoneration. Um, that is great news. Cheers to you guys. I have a cocktail after this. And um, I, the the Trump Corporation stuff to me has always been like, you can't even find a Trump defender who will, who will say, oh, yeah, I think the Trump, the things run up and up with Trump. Right. Back at the Trump organization. I mean, even people who like Trump are basically like, yeah, he, he ran a scam, but whatever. He's more clever than the deep state. So that's why we like him, I, you know? So it, it's, it's nice to have a little bit of accountability here. Let, let uh, squeeze a few more pennies out of him. Yeah. Anyway, pro South Carolina, uh, glad to be done with Iowa. Iowa progressives were not, I think I, I, those early, th- this is a, just a better early state for Democrats. Makes more sense. Oh. So I have something I want to talk about, which is this. Uh, so, if you, so today, one of the big things that happened is they were they presented Michael Fanon and some of the other officers in the January 6th trial. Um, I believe it's a gold star. Um, congressional gold medal. Congressional gold medal for their bravery on January 6th. And uh, Kevin McCarthy. I wrote about this in my newsletter today. I read it. Did you read I, it? Yeah, I want to talk about it. That's yeah. what it is. This is what I want to talk about. Uh, it is astonishing 
to listen to Kevin McCarthy's speech about honoring these brave men and women who defended the Capitol. And the best, like, honestly, I, you know I like my civil politics. I like it when people are civil. Mm. I like it when we find ways to move on. I do, I do, Same. I do. But Officer Sicknick's family, as they went to shake hands, refused to shake Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy's hand. His family did. And I don't blame them one bit. And I heard, like, an interview where somebody's saying, like, don't you think in this context you should have shake, shaken their hands? Because, like, Mitch, is, Mitch has got his hand out there. He really wants to shake their hands. And they were like, no. They resurrected Trump. They didn't do anything about Trump. And, and I was, yeah, they're right. I would just like to say they're correct. And the cynical, like, watching Kevin McCarthy talk about honoring these people after he went down and resurrected Trump after Mar-a-Lago refused to convict him, it's... I, it, He's disgusting. Didn't someone explain to them that these guys are the team normal Republicans and that mm. that Mitch McConnell gave a very strongly worded speech on the floor of the Senate? Yeah, maybe someone should talk some yeah. sense into those Also, families. like, sicknick, sicknick truthers are some of the worst people who are like, Ugh. they're like, he didn't die from January 6th. Uh, it was because the, the medical examiner was inconclusive. They said he died of pre-existing, you know, I'm like, you think this healthy dude on duty dies of a heart attack without, uh, getting bear sprayed and like manhandled at this, like, it's insane. Anyway. Coincidence. Just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. To die the next day. No, um, fuck all those people. And could I, they have the clarity the Sicknick family and Fanon, who I love, and and all of them, Ganell, um, Harry Dunn, of of having these guys' number, right? Like they know what they did, they know what their job was, they know what people who acted honorably in the face of that big threat, how how they acted, and and they see clearly who didn't, right? And it's like. You know, a lot of times we get stuck in our, you know, where you get into these political bullshit arguments where you're trying to kind of wade through all the BS and the spin and be like, ah, who can we, you know, throw a bone to, et cetera. And it's like, for them, it was black and white, right? And, 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 you know, Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell's maneuvering, like, isn't what wasn't, isn't good enough. And, and I, and I think that's clear. And I'm happy that they were recognized. I think that history will look very kindly on them and very poorly on Kevin McCarthy. And um, and so I, I, th I thought it was a very nice moment. And that's why these families have to support Ron DeSantis in 2024. It's a binary <laughs> choice. And they've got a moral obligation to do it. All right, listen, uh, it's been a good show, long show. Everybody, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, go and leave us five stars on, on Apple Podcasts because those things help. Believe it or not, don't have any other chatter. You don't. You don't have any kind of like anniversary. You know, a little behind the scenes. Is there going to be a little some snuggling? Or? I, I. That's. This isn't no? the show. This isn't the okay. show for that. This isn't the show for that. However, when we do our event in Seattle with Dan Savage of Savage Love, maybe that's. Maybe I'll bring out some questions. Maybe I'll go for some advice. January twenty first. January twenty first. Put it on the calendar. Can we? Uh, can we mention that real quick? We're doing an event. We're, uh, the three of us are going out to to hang with Dan Savage, and we're going to do this in Seattle. My brother's in Seattle. I'm super excited to go see him. Uh, anybody who is in the Seattle area should come out and hang with Tell us. Tell us about your brother. 
Is he younger brother, younger brother, older? Younger brother. Is he? Does he share your interests? What are JBL's interests? My brother owns a book. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, Television. Uh, his interests are okay. His interests are movies, uh, watches, uh, internecine <laughs> Catholic <laughs> disputes, uh, and uh, um, you know, wordsmithing. Word I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you this real quick. Uh, so about. Seven years ago, eight years ago, my brother emails my, me and my sister at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, and the subject header is, I just bought a boat. Mm. And he had gone, he's gone and bought a 42-foot uh, every man's yacht, a sort of historic powerboat that keeps on whatever the lake is out there. There's Lake Powell in Seattle. And it's not like anyway, the, or no, it's Union. I think it's Union Lake. Yeah, not Lake Powell. That's Nevada. Um, anyway. Uh, I had never in my life known that my brother was interested in, in yachting, uh, and he lives the kind of, uh, responsibility free life where, you know, going and purchasing a large boat is a kind of thing you can do. So you're saying your brother's butcher than you. He's a little butcher. Like if 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 his photo was on the marquee instead of yours, it would it would have a little less of a gay magician vibe and a little bit more of like a I'm I like to fish. Uh, I know it was like a butcher. Uh, I mean, he's got like two percent body fat because he doesn't have children and can work out whenever he wants. Um, so he's in tremendous shape. Yeah, uh, I'm just saying I'm, he's he's not encumbered by a great many responsibilities. He's a good I'm guy. I'm excited to meet him, him. And, uh, and all of you guys. Come on out. Make a little weekend of it. It's a Saturday. Come out so we can see the Space Needle. It's going to be a lot of fun. Seattle's a great town. Oh, it's going to be so uncomfortable. Why? Uh, what? Him what do you and mean Dan it's gonna be Savage so are going to talk about sex the whole time. Well, no. And I can hardly wait. I'm I have some have, questions. I'm going to have to leave the room. Do I get to ask no, the, the first, first question? The first part will be with just us, you know. So we'll just we'll just hang out. It'll just be a next level thing, and then you can go to the back of the room, have a cocktail or two, and choose to listen to the penis talk or not. <laughs> Maybe Dan Savage will have some questions for yeah. you, Sarah. You could bring I, you absolutely up. not. Absolutely not. Mm. I think mm. it'll be a lovely evening. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for being with us. We'll be back again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.